Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, we're recording this on Friday, but we're releasing this on Monday. We're one day from the championship. It's officially playoff season in the Futures League. We couldn't be more excited. Yep, happy FCBL Championship Eve to everyone. It's going to be a great three-game set between these two teams who we don't know yet, but that'll be all over our socials, like you said. It might not even be decided for tonight, for all, for all we know on Friday. But uh, but we're going to have a great championship series. It's been a great playoff so far, and it's been a great season so far. It's been an incredible summer. And, yes, we are not fortune tellers, but we will tell the future of this podcast, at least for season three. We have one more episode for you guys after today. It's going to be released after the championship, likely with the championship MVP, pitcher of the year, pitcher or maybe manager. Three, and we will start back up a little bit later on in the year. We wanted to thank you guys again for tuning in all season long, and we'll have more thank yous for you after the uh, the finale on uh, coming up next weekend. Absolutely. Thanks, as always. We'll say thank you a million times because you guys deserve it. We, we really do appreciate it. And, hey, we got – from the players, thanks to the players and the teams, we got exactly what we wanted. It came down to Friday, the last day. Even the even the seedings, the other the the two seed, but Worcester and Westfield came down to the last day for that four seed. And uh, you know what more can you ask for? Yeah, what more can you ask for than a race for the second seed and a race for the fourth seed? Obviously, they will be decided by the time this is released, but we're excited for it today. And on this podcast, we had pitcher of the year candidate Dylan Ryan, who has been exceptional this season for the Brockton Rocks, helping lead them to the playoffs. Once again, we don't know where their seat is yet, but he is super excited for the playoffs. He will be the game two starter in the first round for the Rocks, whether they are in Pittsfield or in Brockton. And it, it was just great to hear from him. Yeah, so one stat about Dylan Ryan, he was pitcher of the month in June. That kind of went with May, too, with his couple appearances there. He had three earned runs before he got that pitcher of the year candidate. I think it was five starts for him. And it feels like he didn't do it for whatever reason. Maybe it was just because of the hype. It feels like he didn't do as well for some reason, but he did. He matched that. He only had three earned the second half as well. And uh, he's just been on a tear. He talked a lot. He takes a lot of pride in what he was working on. And he reflected a little bit. He talked about, uh, you know, his UMass Boston days so far. And uh, and the rocks are hot. You know, we, we say it every time. But, um, but you know, them in Vermont and Pittsfield have been those hot teams all year. And it's, it's true. Yeah, and here we are, final week of the season. We're so excited to share this episode with you. Once again, we thank you all for listening. In the meantime, we are going to get this interview. So without further ado, we present our interview with Dylan Ryan. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest, who has been one of the league's best pitchers this year and is a candidate for the 2021 Futures League Pitcher of the Year. It's Dylan Ryan of the Brockton Rocks. Dylan, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Back to the Futures. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, we're super excited for this interview, and we're releasing this on Monday, recording this on Friday, so it is just before playoffs here in the FCBL. You guys have officially clinched a playoff spot. What has it been like to be part of such a major success in Brockton this year? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, we've been kind of hot from the start. We had a good nine-game win streak early on, so I think after that, the chemistry stayed with us, and we've, uh, we've had some on and off games, I feel like, for sure. I mean, the consistency and people are always there and you can tell and people are always been wanting to win. I feel like we've been kind of a playoff team since the beginning of the year. Our Jack, when Jack was the head coach for a bit, he was saying that he's like, you guys are really something else. Like, you guys are good. 
And then Garza came and like he's been firing us up and stuff, being a really good coach coming in. So it's kind of just like the bet, like now it's like colliding and stuff. And like now we're in playoffs. So it's been great. Yeah. So speaking of playoffs, we heard from Jeff Passan that you're the game two starter for the Rocks when you guys take on the Suns. Location TBD for that, of course, because today's Friday recording day for those of you guys listening on Monday. So we don't know where they are yet. It all comes down to tonight. But you're starting game two. What's your mentality going into that game? I mean, I'm hyped. I'm pretty much trying to lock in now mentally and uh, just get ready. I mean, it's going to be a big game. It's like it's going to be cool because Drawn got game one and he's a beast. Having him go game one is like a very confident game. And then like me going game two, like knowing what I'm capable of, I'm ready to go. I think it's going to be a good one-two combo. Yeah. And how does it feel having Jeff Passan break that news? It's pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, I mean, no, it was Jack Aaron. He told us. <laughs> uh, you, you haven't pitched against uh, Pittsfield since all the way back on opening night, May 26th. So, you know, you've seen him obviously since from the dugout or from the bullpen. What are you going to use to prepare for that game besides, you know, whatever happens game one? Are you going to talk to the other pitchers on your team? Are you going to uh, look at the just the numbers or are you going to actually use what you saw? I think I'm kind of just going to go with like what I've usually kind of been trying to work with this year. I mean, I'm going to ask pitchers game one, see how they're like two strike approaches maybe, or like what they like first pitch. But I mean, other than that, I'm kind of just going to work strong with what I have so far and what's been working this season. Trying to work away, maybe creep inside a little bit every here and there, see if I can get them looking and then just like see what I can break from there. And one of the unique parts about summer ball, we've talked about this a lot, throughout the year is the amount of guys who come onto the team and leave the team throughout the year. It's been carousel of guys coming in and out. And it's obvious that roster look very different than they did, you know, even two weeks ago. How much does that factor into your approach when facing teams like Pittsfield or guys down the stretch? I think you faced Westfield for a couple innings on Monday. What, what's your mentality going into those games? It's definitely tough because like the kids that leave, I mean, obviously we like, they've been all good guys, but uh, going into the games, seeing what I did in like the first month of the season and like knowing what I'm able to do, I kind of like keep that like positive mindset going into games. Don't get down, like keep staying ahead, like keep winning my battles and just like keep going in. Don't let the other team beat me. It's pretty much what I do. Maybe if someone gets on or something, like I like try to just cool down, re re like composure, keep attacking, keep trusting my stuff, and like because I know it's gonna work and I know what it's able to do. So if I can just like keep finding it and be confident with it, I don't think there's an issue out there. So I mean, it's definitely a big mental thing going in. I think like obviously physically you have to be ready after catch play in your bullpen, but the mental game is definitely huge out there. Like you got to go out, regroup, calm down, and like just get ready to do what you're supposed to do know what you're like able to do and specifically on your team obviously you guys have lost a few key names including michael galankowitz mvp candidate what's it like gaining and losing guys in your locker room and how do you guys stay together and keep that chemistry all the way through yeah i mean it's tough losing galankowitz he was he was a great player i mean he smoked baseballs his approach was very good obviously it's tough but it's like now it's next guy up so now it's like someone's got to take advantage of like this opportunity opening up and going in. Right now we have Andrew Posse from UMass Dartmouth and like he's pretty new. And like we had a pretty stacked outfield so he wasn't getting that many reps. Now he's been going out and he's not really even an outfielder and he's going out performing, like hustling, like making plays, like even like showing up at the plate. So I mean, it's good. It's good seeing people able to like come in and do that, but it also does like stink losing the guys that we originally had. It's like it was obviously fun with them there and they were doing what they were doing. They were doing good, but like, I mean, it happens. You just got to get the new guys and they come up 
they do what they're supposed to do. It's good. You can't really complain. Yeah, absolutely. So Mike Garza told uh, Owen and I the other night about how much fight the Rocks have in the dugout. That clearly seems to go hand-in-hand with the lack of drastic roster moves compared to the other teams. I know you guys have had some, like we talked about, and like Owen just asked, but compared to other teams, it's, it is a lot less drastic. So how does that go hand-in-hand, and uh, when did you notice like a change in that you were fighting for each other, which is rare in summer ball? I kind of feel like I saw it a lot in the beginning and then it kind of drifted away in the middle, not, not like drifted away, but like now it was like, okay, like we're in the middle of summer ball and like everyone was trying to just play and we were doing our own thing. And now it's now that's the end of the season and it's like getting to close to playoff season. I feel like it's been sparking back up and uh, I feel like the coaches making like sure of it in the dugout. Like if we're down, they're like, yo, like we got to go. Like we got to get ready, like fire up the team. Like, let's go. Everyone's like, okay, like, yeah, like let's go. Like, it's not just, like, half the team's, like, fired up and half the team's on the other side of the dugout, like, not doing anything or something. It's good that everyone wants it, and, like, there's definitely a spark in the dugout. People are fired up. Yesterday, yesterday, for example, was a long one. We have a doubleheader in Nashua. We got there, like, 12, and, like, the game ended at, like, 9.30 or something. But, in like, during game two, like, we're all pretty tired and stuff. Close game, and, like, Garza brought us in. Like, he's like, we got two more innings, like... Like, let's go win this. Like, let's go, like, sweep them here. Like, so, I mean, like, he definitely, like, does a good job sparking us back up, keeping us in the game, and it's, like, it's good. You can tell everyone in there is, like, ready to go and, like, wants it. Yeah, so you started, like you said, with uh, Jack Aaron at the helm in the dugout, and now Mike Garza came in as skipper since the uh, since the All-Star break. Right around then, he uh, he got back from Virginia. What have they both taught you throughout the summer and the rest of the coaching staff? They've honestly taught me how to just be a good teammate in a way. Like when guys came in, we've started like implementing like team stretch outside or like like more of like team stuff and like doing all that like an individual has gotten me as like a better like team player, better teammate. Not like, okay, I'm going out and I'm doing my own stretches. Like I'm doing my own throwing program. And then like, I'm just going to chill. It's, I'm doing stuff is like with the team and like we're like doing team bonding stuff as we're like getting ready for the game. Having them like enforce that is good. Greg, Greg's been doing a good job as pitching coach this year. He's been helping the pitchers out. So like, and overall, they've both, they all have been doing really good. And then just having Garza like come in as like that. Now the main guy, like it's just all equipped and they've just been helping us a lot. Yeah. And they have certainly helped you this summer mightily. You as we said off the top, our finalist for pitcher of the year in the Futures League after a 5-0 record, you had a 1-3-6 ERA, 66 strikeouts, and just 21 hits allowed. What were your expectations going into the summer in Brockton, and have you left this summer exceeding them or living up to those expectations? Yeah, so I mean, this spring in school wasn't really the best. I just, it hasn't really been, it wasn't really there. And like, I knew what I was capable of, I just wasn't like getting it. So then, like, I had the first pitcher of the week. I had, like, two – I had seven strong innings, and I was like, okay. I was like, this I need to keep up because I relieved the first game for two innings. And Jack was like, yo, like, can you start? And I was like, yes. So I was like, I want to start. He's like, all right, like, you got Vermont. Vermont, like, I did really good. So, like, having that first week, like, of doing good was definitely a confident booster, and, like, it got me comfortable. So then, like, my next time I went out, I was like, okay, like, I know what I can do. Like, let's do it again. So then, like, I did good that game. So then, like – like seeing what I did and people I was competing against, I was like, okay, like I can do this can be better and like stay better. And like ever since like that first month, it's kind of just been sticking out because I kind of got on more of like a routine. I would say this summer, I kind of, I kind of slashed my routine at school a little this year and like got back on it, like a, like a throwing progression type, like buildup. 
to get into throwing. So, I mean, like, I got my muscle memory down with some better mechanics. I've just been doing more of the reps, and I've been seeing them pay off. So, I, yeah, I mean, the season has been good. The one thing I feel like I could have done better was in, was innings. I think I could have gone out for, like, a couple more innings each game. But other than that, like, I'm I'm happy on how I did this summer, like, compared to this spring. Because this spring, like, wasn't nearly what it could be in the summer, like, is what I wanted. Seeing how I've done like the past like two and a half months is like definitely like relieving. So we've talked to you before you were on our all-star game special and you tro- you told us on that show how you were trying to keep your weight down in order to stay healthy. I'm not sure you can call that a struggle or a challenge or just simply a routine, but how has that been during the second half of the season? Um, I feel like it's been better. Actually, not really. Cause like we haven't had a lot of breaks, honestly. I think we've had like three days off since the all-star break. Their schedules have been very long, but uh, I've been trying to get to a little more eating more. I mean, my weight's kind of honestly stayed the same, and I've still been feeling good. I think I am, I am kind of feeling like a little body fatigueness. I think that's just like kind of the end of the summer type, but I mean, not like hurting or pain. So I think other than that, like it's been doing good. Like I'm trying to hit the gym a little more. It was just hard with the schedule we had. So I'm trying to hit it like at minimum, like two times a week with like a good eating schedule. And I, I mean, I've been feeling good. I still feel loose. I feel so, like flexible and powerful on the mound. I can still feel my legs strong. So that's good. I mean, that's what I feel like I need because those are just things I feel like I'm comfortable with on the mound. So being able to maintain that for the second half of the season, I think is pretty big. You got to bring some dumbbells on the bus then if you only have three off days. Yeah, literally. It's crazy. It's so hard to find a schedule. It's sometimes we'll be able to go in the mornings, but on weekends, like it'll close. Or it's like, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's just not as like a consistent schedule as like like could be on, but like it, I don't know. It hasn't been too bad. I've been like able to overcome it and like work around it, which hasn't been too bad. So, I mean, if baseball is gonna take up the whole summer, I mean, it might as well add lifts with it just to help it like stay strong. This is like really the only other thing to do. So if I can just find time doing that, like I gotta take advantage of it. Absolutely, especially when you're in the rotation and you can get that schedule on like say a shortstop or something that needs to be ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got yeah, because he'll let us kind of show up pitchers maybe like a little later than positionals on like home games, so that's big because like it's like okay now I can be here a little later I got some time to go to the gym like that like so that's good. Yeah, so you also said when we talked last that you were throwing those short boxes and flat grounds between starts, but you said your inning total was was right, uh, pretty pretty high compared to the summer before, even though you're feeling good. So did that throwing between starts keep up too? Is that something you've always done? during the high school and college seasons, or uh, is that something that's kind of new and you've been trying to throw more? So I've kind of like doing, I used to like doing flat grounds and bullpens. And uh, that was kind of what I was doing at school. But I mean, I've been doing a ton of short boxes. I mean, like I did one yesterday and I'm going to do one tomorrow before my start on uh, Sunday. Like they've been, they've been helping a ton. I've been trying to get my teammates to do them too a little. I felt like I was consistent with them in the first month and they were helping me prepare for mounds. So I've been staying with them. Like if I had a bad catch play, like my flat ground game was just like not good. I couldn't spin my slider. My changeup was flat. It's like, okay, I'm going to go do a short box and I got to see how I'm going to do off mount. So I just tell the catcher move up. And it's just like 12 pitches of me just trying to get the feel of like my grips and seeing it, how it moves off mound and like getting the mound reps, like and seeing what it's doing. It like boosts my confidence again. Cause it's like, okay, there it is. Like it's good now. And, like, they put no stress on my arm. So being able to, like, get the mound reps 
going into like a live start is like huge, I think. So yeah, I've been doing I've been doing a ton of short boxes. I haven't really done flat runs in a while, but or bullpens. I've kind of just been doing two to three short boxes every other day in between my starts and then just getting ready to go. Cause that feels like most comfortable right now. Sometimes bullpens will get me like a little fatigued. Flat ground, okay. Like I can't spin my slider for anything right now. Like it's not working. Like this is gonna be bad tomorrow, maybe. So like getting that short box confidence and just like the fast reps and having it translate into games, like I've just been doing those the whole summer. Yeah, it's definitely different getting that feel off a of mound. Like when you're in a flat ground, you can't even like, I don't know if you have a curveball or not, but the slider you can't like pull down as well or yeah. the two seam could be running a little more so you don't know what's going on. Yeah, so it's pretty like unpredictable, that. honestly, what your stuff. Any other Any day it could be different. And I still do. I, I don't know. I just like it after a long toss too, but I'm a pitcher too, but um, yeah. it makes a lot of sense what, what you're saying there. So uh, on the more technical, well, I guess staying technical here, uh, like you said, you're throwing a lot more and you're feeling better and you're trying to throw more and guys like Steven Strasburg say, you know, when he stopped babying his arm, I'm not saying you're babying your arm, but when he stopped babying his arm, when he was throwing more, he was feeling better. And obviously you know, programs like Driveline and, and the J-Bands say to do that. Are those some philosophies you follow or what do you follow? And is that something you guys do at UMass Boston too? So I don't do bands or plyos or like really anything. I kind of do like some like shoulder activation type stuff. Oh, and uh, like the bullpen before games to get like my shoulders, scabs, just like that kind of all activated. And then I'll go into like wall drills and then towel drills. I mean, I'm, I have nothing against plyos. Bands, I think they're both, bands are great for warming up. Plyos, clean your arm slot up, like like good mechanics, like you won't feel anything and they're good. I was doing those actually in the beginning of the season because my arm was kind of getting sore and I like had to clean up my arm paths. So I started doing plyos for like a month and a half and it cleaned me right up. So I think I think they're all good. And like, I like long toss too. I thought that was a good build up this spring. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done it once this summer. I usually only go out to like 100, 120 feet and then kind of do like two running guns on the way in and just do catch play. Because that's usually when I feel best. I'm not against long toss, but it's tough for me. I feel like I get kind of inef more inefficient as I start walking out. And I try to like, I was, I was trying to avoid it this summer because I didn't want it to like mess anything up. But this spring, it definitely helped me build up. I got my arm strength back from like taking like a month and a half, two months off. So it definitely helped build back up like arm strength wise, but I've kind of been staying away from it. I'm not against it. I think it works for people. Like my roommate at school, he loves doing it. Like he's always trying to long toss and I'm just like, dude, like I can't right now. Like I can't do it. Like I just don't think it'll, like I'm not going to feel good tomorrow probably. Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of doing these for like four years, four years now. And I had, cause like my freshman year of high school, I had rotator cuff tendonitis. So I've, I'm like, that shoulder pain was awful. And other than ever since that, and I started doing like all like my stuff, like I haven't felt arm pain in probably like four years, like pretty bad. So I've just stuck with that. I like, I'll sometimes do Jaeger bands, honestly, if like, I feel a little weird that day, like I'll do it as like a post throwing. Yeah. I mean, I think they're all good. Like while well, everyone does put Jaeger's pretty much on my team and it's like, it gets them all loose. So like, yeah, you got to stick with that. It's just that like, these have been helped me. Those helped me for so long. And so I just stick with those because every day I do them and I go to throw, I feel good. So I've stuck in with that. I have like a post throwing, like the deactivation type thing. And it's just like, same thing kind of. Sometimes I'll do bands, 
You know, I mean, like the plyos aren't bad too. I, I like all of it. I think all of them are good in their own ways. It's just, I'm like kind of strictly with like, act, like body weight activation type stuff and like getting loose. Yeah, absolutely. And that's certainly working for you. And it's certainly working for the rocks. And I'm sure they're letting you do all that stuff. Before we return to our interview with Dylan Ryan, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net, or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, just by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to pitcher of the year candidate, Dylan Ryan. Moving off the field a little bit, a little, little, little less technical here. Brockton is the known as the city of champions. The Rock's nickname obviously makes all the sense in the world. Home of the late greats, heavyweight champ Rocky Marciano and marvelous Marvin Hagler. So we were thinking to stay on theme here. You guys should, uh, what would you think of wearing boxing gloves instead of a baseball glove on the field? It's only fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we do pretty good. If everyone on the team had boxing gloves other than catcher, I think we do pretty good. And then if you hit a guy, you're ready yeah. if he charges the mound. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll have the gloves on. I don't know, though. Randy might need to put the gloves on. Randy's nice. I wouldn't want to attack Randy. He's a big guy. <laughs> he might not need the gloves. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> All right, so if Bruce Buffer was calling you out to the mound when you were walking out there, what would be your nickname walking into the ring? Big D. Probably Big going D. as Big D. Fighting out of Sandwich, Massachusetts. <laughs> Big D. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting at five foot eleven. <laughs> what uh? <laughs> what uh? This is like six foot one. Six one, yeah. Whatever. No, I, mean, <laughs> I haven't read the roster. I'm like five eleven and three quarters. I don't know why it says that. I think I did that like my freshman year of college, just to like try to get my like height up. Stuck with these stints. Yeah. Well, if you put five eleven, people are gonna. I mean, if you put six foot, people think you're 5'11". And if you put 6'1", people think you're six. I don't know. Yeah. But Rosters are funny I'm like that. I'm not, I don't say the three quarters, but I say yeah. <laughs> round, round up always. Round always. up always. always. Well, you got to well, you gotta, you gotta talk to Brock. And you, we got to talk to Tom Tracy. You got to start doing that. You got to get the robe. The pitchers need to enter with the robe. Someone comes, takes it off. Yes. And then you do the, some, the PA. Jackson does the the Bruce Buffer impression when you when you walk out there. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be funny. That would get a nice little uh that would be a nice way to start the game too. You know, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be boring or anything. So team would get fired up and it would be pretty good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there'd certainly be no boredom there. And to back on the field stuff, we have to talk about the dominance of UMass Boston pitching this summer. You, Alex Amafi, and Tim Chanciolo have been stellar all year. What has it been like to see your college teammates succeeding all across the FCBL? It's really good. I mean, I've been keeping up, uh, keeping in touch with them. I've been kind of texting them every here and there, and I've been seeing them at games. 
and uh, they seem pretty healthy. They seem like they're doing good. So, I mean, it's great seeing them succeed. You know what I mean? I feel like no one really had like the best spring this year. So everyone kind of going into the summer, like feeling good. I'm, I'm glad they're like able to go out there and start and do like their jobs. They're doing good. You know what I mean? They're all putting numbers up. They're both like, I think all three of them might be playoffs. I don't know if Worcester's making it. I think they're, I think they're in four. So I don't know how, like how that's going to be, but seeing that they're all both playoff contending teams, you know, I think Tim's on Pittsfield. They're in second right now. So they're obviously pretty hot. Bravehearts have been doing pretty good too. So seeing like seeing Amalfi and Tim do good. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. They've, they earned it. They worked hard this spring and going into this summer, like they were ready to go. So I'm happy to see them do good. Yeah. And again, we mentioned this on the top, we were recording this on Friday. So the playoffs have not been decided yet, but Worcester and Westfield play for the fourth seed today. So good luck to both of those teams. And you mentioned it earlier at UMass Boston, you said you didn't have the best spring, but obviously you get the chance to showcase your talents here in Brockton. So after a season like that, especially everything that happened with COVID-19 and coming back, you know, trying to be stronger and more mentally stable, what's it like to, you know, come in after the spring that you said you weren't, I mean, you had a 4-2-9 ERA. That's not bad in our eyes, but for you, it yeah. might not be, you know, it's not a one three six or anything, but yeah, 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 how did you feel? <laughs> how did you feel coming out of the spring, especially knowing that you had Brockton to rely on this summer for more reps? I felt good. I, uh, I felt like I cleaned things up in between that span of the, that last playoff game into going into Brockton. I just had to like regroup, like mentally I was like kind of domed up. I was mad about the spring. Like we just got knocked out by like East Con and UMass Dartmouth. So obviously it was tough. So I had like, I think maybe a week and a half of throwing before going into Brockton. So I was just like, I grabbed a catcher from UMass and I was like, yo, like I got to like clean my stuff up. Like I got to like regroup before this summer. So I kind of changed some stuff up. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of started feeling better. I don't know if it was like the heat or something, but I just started like the more I was throwing, the more like in sync I was feeling, the more stronger and like rubber bandish I was feeling through my windup and in catch play. And I think I just kind of tried simpling down my mechanics and like stop trying to do too much of with my grips, like my slider, I was trying to rip this spring and it just wasn't there. Like my slider was terrible this spring, like really bad. I was, I was just kind of fastball heavy. So I was like, I need to get these off speeds down. Like the fastball is playing. So now I got to get the slider and like the change up and the slider came back for sure. And the change up's getting really good. So just having that and like, like I said, like having that first week of like doing good was just like kind of game went into the first two day like games I pitched I was like all right like I have to go like I have to do good like here we go and I did so then it was like okay instead of like I have to do good it's like I can do good and like let me like I gotta stay with it like here we go so I think just working on in that week after the playoffs and going in and having that good first week here was definitely huge that first week I think was like, kind of like a kind of like if that wasn't really that good, I would have been like, okay, God, like, what am I doing? What's going on? Like, why is my stuff not playing anymore? But like have definitely having that first week and boosting my confidence and like seeing how my stuff played again, I was like, okay, this could, this summer could be really good. And then it's kind of just stuck there since. Yeah, absolutely. And it was such a weird off season, you know, that, that certainly played a factor into a lot of people and, um, and everything like that. But a uh, little change of subject, you, and we know you're a pitcher, but have you ever hit a ball over the monster at Monin Park? Yeah, I go all the time in BP and like crank baseballs. I wanted to be a two way actually. Cause I like hit, I hit for fun at uh, like this like facility I go to. So, I mean, I've been putting up some good numbers like exit wise. So then, like, I like 
couple of kids on like UMass are like, dude, like you have no juice. Like you got to shut up, like saying you're going to hit all these home runs and stuff. And like, I mean, like I go to the field and I literally hit more than them. Like one kid, like we tied in home runs and then that's all I do though. All I can do is hit it over the monster center field. I can't come close right field. I don't even bother. So I'm just trying to pull it and hit it as hard as I can. But uh, yeah, I mean like they're always like, you have no juice. So like I had like this home run battle with like one of these kids and like I ended up beating him in like a swing off. And he was so mad, but like, something. There's a crazy jet stream of wind there, though. I mean, like that stuff. I feel like that's a hitter's ballpark. Like the wind, the wind howls up. It's like if you get it out there and left, and it's like got some backspin and it's decently high, like it's gonna go. But it's fun though. It's fun going there and like hitting and like you're not like really ever hitting. So like getting some BP and hitting it over, you're like, oh, like that was sick. Like the ball's crushed. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. We were going down there a lot this year. I, I didn't do it in freshman year. Yeah, this year was this year we were able to go down because like it was way less field reps just because of like COVID and their stuff. So I would go down there with a couple buddies like after class or something. And go. It would be fun. It, would, it was a lot of fun going down and doing that. Yeah. So uh, for those who don't know, Monon Park is a UMass Boston and BC High home field. Their campus on their campus, it's a replica of Fenway. So is it nice having that triangle in center field in the deep right field for your outfielders to track down some deep flies? I mean, it's tough. It's, it's definitely a lot of land. It's so much like coverage out there. It, like it obviously looks it, but seeing how the winds like affect out there too, it's like definitely a hard outfield to play. But we got, we had some pretty good outfielders last year and we got some good ones coming back this year. So it's, it's good seeing how they play. Cause some of them are really fast too. It's like seeing how their speed works out there and like how they get to like the balls. It's pretty interesting. Cause like you don't cut it off. It's like, Oh, I hit the turf and now it's skipping and like you're you're done. Like you're not cut like you're not cutting it off. So seeing how they work out there, it's pretty cool. It's 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 fun too because like they hit it and you're like, oh like that would have gotten the same hits like same spot in Fenway. Like that kid like so I, it's pretty it's pretty fun pitching there and like seeing how like your outfielders play and how like the ball plays out there and like knowing that it was it's literally kind of just like the same Fenway dimensions. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Obviously the monster overlooking you, but even like the other quirks, obviously being Red Sox fans growing up, it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, what was your recruitment process like to UMass Boston? So I was playing for Mizuno out in Plymouth and I'm pretty sure coach E came to watch me because there was a kid on that team that was going there and I kind of kept in touch with him. I was going to the UMass Boston, like recruit camps. I think I went back to back years, junior and senior year. And uh, Coach Hughes every time was like, yeah, you look good. You look good. Like, reach out if you want and stuff. So I remember I, I, I did reach out and he was like, yeah, like, I'll give you a tour. And I went and saw him in person and like he, he sold it really well. I mean, like I went there and he was he was showing it well. He showed me the apartment, showed me the fields, like the locker rooms all around campus. And like he did a really good job with it. Like I went there and like I sat down after like the whole thing in his office and we were talking. And like, he was just selling it really good. He sounded very convincing. Like he sounded like he really wanted me to. So like, that was good. And I remember like driving home with my parents, we were just talking about it. And I was just like, I feel like this is way too good of an opportunity to like turn down. Like the apartment's beautiful. Like the campus is like upcoming. The field's awesome. Like the program here is really good too. Like coach, he knows what he's doing. So like, I was thinking about it hard and I was like, yeah, like I might as well, I, like, I want to go here. Like, this is like my best bet. Like Coach E's gonna like turn like turn this into a good like be even better program. Like our class is really good. Like my 
2023 class. So he did a good job doing that. But uh, yeah, he just, he sold it really well in the school, the school, like the field. I knew the baseball program was really good. So knowing that he wanted me there with that program was like big for me. Yeah, we've heard a lot of recruitment stories over the past couple of weeks, and it seems like the develop the camps, the going to those camps have seemed to be the pathway for everybody to get yeah get on board with their school. So that's awesome. That yeah, he does a really good job there doing it. He coaches good stuff. Yeah, for sure. And back a little bit further, you graduated from Sandwich High School. You were an Atlantic Coast League All Star, and you helped lead them to a conference title during your time there. What was your overall high school experience like? Oh, it was great. So like that's that senior like freshman junior uh freshman sophomore junior year of like baseball was all fun like freshman ball JV ball and even that uh junior year we got knocked off first round of playoffs so, so that was tough but that senior year was like a year like no other like my that like went all the way back to uh like my 12U all-star team that was like the last of when we were playing in Little League like we were so good like we we won like three out of the four championships that year good in cooperstown so that was great and it was like okay now we're going in high school like we're splitting up and like different like stuff so then like going into the senior year it was like we're getting like that same team back and everyone was like so fired up we were doing captain's practices and stuff yeah that that year was awesome we were we did good i think we finished 17 and like four the whole year including playoffs like we were good i mean like till this day like i tell everyone like we were the best team in d3 like there's the Ashland should not have beat us. And like, what's funny is like Amalfi, my roommate was on that team. I mean, like he didn't pitch though. He was playing third, but like I pitched against them and like we went into the eighth and it was, it was just not the best game. And like we lost and it was heartbreaking. I mean, like leaving that team like forever, it was like, it was, that was like the saddest thing. It was like the buildup getting back up to that team through like all the years of high school and having that opportunity against senior year and like doing good as a team. Like it was a really good feeling. Yeah, that year was awesome. My senior year was like like an amazing year in grade twelve. That was a lot of fun. But losing that losing that game against Ashland was something else. We definitely should have won that. We were we were gross. We were so good at baseball. Whole team. I think we had like maybe seven or eight guys going to college to play baseball. So I mean, like it was it was like fifteen seniors and two juniors on that team. So like that kind of shows like how like it was just like our grade pretty much. And the two guys were like the two juniors definitely were like good ball players too, but like just having all those seniors, like fifteen of them, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun that year. Yeah, it's always special to come back, you know, senior year and do it again with all the guys that you played with as uh, as a kid. So that's awesome. Before we get back to our interview with Dylan Ryan, we want to share a message from our friends at On Demand Storage. Are you tired of living in clutter? Do you need more space around your home or office? Are you sick of visiting your self storage unit? Does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On-demand storage will pick up your items directly from your location and put them in storage for you. When you want something put back, give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's ondemandstorage, all one word, dot com. Now back to our interview with Dylan Ryan and obviously, you know, it's time for the playoffs. We're recording this on Friday. So this message might be a little bit delayed, but how, to, how about a message to rocks fans as we head into the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, we're going to bring it. We're going to, we're going to give everything we got in these upcoming days. So uh, depending on how the seating is or whatever, like we're going to come and bring it. And hopefully like our first, whenever we have our first home game that 
they come bring the support and come and cheer us on. Cause I mean, like this summer has been good. The, the fans have been coming more and more each game, which is very good to see. Cause I mean, it was kind of dead in the beginning. We we're getting much love. And now since we started winning, we're doing good. Like people have been coming through. So it's been a lot of fun. So hopefully, hopefully when playoffs come, the team's feeling good and we're like going to bring it and like fans come give us some energy and it's going to be a good time. Yeah, this has been an incredible summer and it comes to a conclusion here this week. And we now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So Dylan, we have a couple more questions for items to get to know you better. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Favorite teammate that you've played with this season in Brockton? Okay. Put you, you on the spot early here. Yeah. Favorite teammate on the Brockton. I'm not going to say Brunning because I've known him. So I'm going to go with someone I've never known. Because Brunning's from, Brunning's from like in, uh, around my hometown. So I've known him for a little bit. But uh, hold on. Who am I going to think? I'd probably say Jerron because he's a pitcher. He came in and like he's younger than me. He's going into his sophomore year. So uh, hearing a little of his backstory of like how he got to pitching was pretty cool. And like seeing where he's at now, like he's a beast. This kid's like something else. He's got VLO, like insane VLO. He throws really hard. He has like three very good off speeds. So seeing his like four pitch mix at like the age he's at and like how like, like how much command and like control he has out there is very impressive. And like, and overall is just like a person he's out from, he's from California. I really never like California. I've never really seen like people from California. So having him come here, it's different. It's, I feel like it's just like a different connection than you get from like everyone at home ish. You know what I mean? So like having him come out from Cali, like you learn a lot of stuff from him. Like he's a great guy, like great player, great teammate. He's a really good pitcher. So I mean, like overall, it's just like it was. It was a lot of fun getting to know him. I was glad like we like actually got able to meet and like be on the same team. It was, it was a lot of fun this summer. Yeah, and that's a unique part of summer ball, the amount of, you know, kids from different areas of the country, whether it's California or Florida or whatever. So it's great that, you know, you make those connections as a sandwich kid, for instance. Yeah, they all hear like I'm from sandwich and they're like, what? I've never even heard of that. Yeah, not the food, the town. Yeah, yeah, literally. They're like, oh, like, do you have like, do you have like sandwich subs? Or whatever, like sandwich sandwiches? Is it like, oh, is that a place? And I'm like, no. I was like, that's not I think you should come and make it a place. I don't know. You said that's a good business idea. Jokes about it. That's awesome. And then, how about favorite ballpark you've played in, and one you've attended as a fan? Favorite ballpark I've played in, I probably gotta say Vermont's. I love Vermont's field. Like I would, I would go to Vermont every week. So I mean, Vermont and I'll pitch. Like that place is gorgeous. Uh, Their atmosphere is fun. They got a funny fan section there. Uh, they, they say some funny stuff out there. The field's gorgeous. Like the grass out there, the dirt, like everything about it. Like they were like, it is, it's crazy. Like they were doing field work on it kind of as we were like there. Cause like they worked around like the bullpens. Like usually it was like the yellow stuff around the fence, like all the way through around the bullpens, but they changed it to like brand new mats. Like they put some dirt in around the bullpen, making it look wicked nice, like extra detailing, like even in season. So even the mound, that's the, that's by far the best mound I've ever pitched on. Like, I was talking about it with a couple of the pitchers. Like, Vermont's the best mound I've ever, like, actually ever pitched on. That, that mound is awesome. It's got some good, like, height to it. It's firm. It feels so good throwing on it. 
So I would definitely say Vermont, favorite field playing in, favorite p- field at watching. Although I'll stick with the futures. I like going to, uh, I liked Norwich. I never played on Norwich, but I thought that place was pretty cool. I, I liked, uh, I liked like the actual like minor league kind of vibe there. You know what I mean? Like they, I thought they did a good job there. Like their fans brought good energy. The, the stadium was good. Their fireworks were phenomenal whenever we went. And uh, nice locker rooms, good food there. So I liked I liked going to uh, Norwich too. That place was pretty nice. Norwich and Vermont, I think, are my top. Can you, can you smell the Ben and Jerry's from the dugout in Norwich? Yeah, I'm looking up there and everything, and I'm like, oh, it looks so good. <laughs> that's the minor league vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, that's what I mean. Like that place is just like it's it's just different from the other stadiums. I feel like I like I like going there. That one, that one's nice. The fans too, they're good. They're not like saying some like dumb stuff they're they're like good fans i like them yeah huge shout out to our two new teams and the great job that they did this year so that's awesome that you you know you promoted them a little bit on this podcast so yeah yeah there you go and then how about a sports stadium or sporting event that's on your bucket list need to go to a pats game i've never been to a patriots game i regret it obviously because i never got to watch tom brady in a patriots uniform which is like awful for me i feel like i think i feel like i should just gone and watch them once live yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go. Like, I never saw him pitch. I've only been to preseason games. I always sit in the lucky spot on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm always sitting on the couch watching Sunday football with Tom Brady out there. Yeah, now, I mean, now that he's gone and stuff, I think it would be a good time. Like, I got to see a Patriots game. I mean, I go to a Red Sox games a lot. Those are awesome. I love going to the Red Sox games. But Patriots game is definitely like a bucket list. And I got to do it. I got to go to a pass game. That's a need. And then how about favorite big league team and big league player, whether it's current or historical? Red Sox, for sure. I'm a big Red Sox fan. I love the Sox. Favorite player? Ooh, that's tough. I do like Barry Bonds. I'm like a big Barry Bonds fan. He's like, he just drops, like, he just hits bombs. And, like, he's a beast. I, I'm a big Mike Trout, Mike Trout fan, too. I love Trout. I mean, like, he's insane. I, I need him to come back soon. And DeGrom, that's it. Those are my three. Those are the three I had to name. But DeGrom's something else, too. He's he's literally a living legend. That kid, that guy's something else on the mound. He's so good. And having him hurt, too, kind of sucks, too, because I like watching him pitch. When him and Trout come back, though, that's going to be awesome. But, yeah, probably those three. Barry Bonds, Mike Trout, and DeGrom. Three exceptional players, for sure. And is there any major league pitcher in particular that you try and model your game after? In a way, I like the way Aaron Nola pitches. I feel like it's kind of hard to kind of replicate how I throw with like other people, but like initialing moves and like, I think Aaron Nola or like Max Scherzer. Yeah, that similar arm slot. Yeah, I like I like watching them and like kind of feeling like I'm, I'm doing somewhat what they do in the delivery. It kind of like just gets like a, a loose feeling in my body, which is like hard to explain, but like, yeah, I like Max Scherzer and Aaron Nola. Like, I feel like they're not like, like straight over the top type. Like they're kind of like three quarters ish, so I can kind of I can kind of see what I do with them. But uh, I kind of like I like a lot of people on the White Sox. Like crochet, like I think those guys are something. They keep their arms like so tight, like crochet, like Giolito. I think I think like lower halves more with people resembling instead of upper half. Upper half, I think it's impossible to like see who I'm with. But like I, I like looking at lower halves and stuff. So people drive with their legs and stuff. Yeah, some of that arm action. I mean, like shares are just throws some of his pitches down the middle, he says, and sees where they go. So it's like yeah. you can't replicate him or Nola or, you know, those guys are obviously tearing up the NL East every year. 
Yeah, it's like, okay, let me throw my change up right down the middle. And it's like, yes. oh, it doesn't move. It's like, oh, uh, like, there yeah, it is. Okay, well, that one didn't move. That's yeah. why I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, but. Fun to watch. Fun to think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's your walk-up song at Campanelli? Humbled by Lil Baby. I'm a big Lil Baby fan. Yeah, I, I had to do a walkout by Baby. I remember, I didn't, I forget what I did at school this year. I think I did, like, back in the saddle. I remember going, coming in this summer, Amalfi was like, you, know, you can kind of do some, like, anything really, you just got to be clean. So I kind of, like, got off what everyone was kind of doing at school vibe and just, like, I had to do baby. Like, I've been hearing that, and I've been getting fired up in the beginning. So I might have to bring that into school this spring because it's been working. Whenever I'm walking out there and I hear my, I'm going out with my warm-ups and I start hearing it, like, it fires me up. Are you uh, superstitious, whether it's on game day or, like, throughout the season? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm really bad with that. Like when it's like when it starts to be like two to a day before my start day, I get really superstitious. Like, no, no, like today, since I'm going Sunday, like today's not really too bad. I mean, I'm kind of I'm gonna throw it in everything, but tomorrow I'm gonna be very superstitious with like what I'm doing and how I'm gonna build up to Sunday. And then like pitching day is just like it's about it's like me. Like I'm I, it's like I'm so superstitious. Like everything I have to do has to be like. It's, I'm only focused on myself pretty much, like going into the game. And then into the game, like I'll be uh, like I'll be good, like I'll be on us going into the game. It's usually on me, like just mentally wise. Just like help me keep it's like stay locked in. Yeah. And what about when you're going to the game as a fan? What's your favorite ballpark food? Fenway Franks are pretty good. Nashville's cheeseburgers are really good. I went yesterday in between games to the concession stand and got two, and they were really good. I'm not gonna lie. I so I'm definitely either a cheeseburger guy at games or I like the uh well I like the Italian sausages those are a hit at Fenway peanuts or sunflower seeds too I don't know it's kind of those four if I get if I get to choose any of those four I will not be mad with any of them so it's either peanuts sunflower seeds cheeseburger or the uh the sausages there that's the next question are you a bubblegum guy or sunflower seeds guy I think we just got the answer I've been kind of I've been kind of switching towards gum though because it's a little because like I was I was going through seeds heavy in the beginning of the year. I don't know. I, I might've been doing them. Like I might've just been having too much seeds, like a game. And like, they were like, getting my taste buds weird. So like my stomach would like start cramping up. Cause it like felt like I was eating, like eating food, but like I wasn't my stomach would start like growling and just like cramp on me. So like, I've, I've kind of been like, I haven't really had seeds in a while. I'm not going to lie. And I've kind of been chewing a little more gum. So I think I'm going to have to choose the gum on that. I'm, I am. I love seeds, so I just like can't have them that much. They kind of just irritate my stomach. It's weird. Yeah, can't can't mess with the one three six on the mound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. then, like, I do that the day before pitching, and now I'm like, oh my god, my stomach's screwed for tomorrow. Like, I gotta like regroup. Like, I gotta like fuel up or something. It starts like getting in my head and everything. So, yeah, I, I think the gum's like the safer side on this one. I'm gonna have to go with. Absolutely. And uh, last question of the quick hit segment presented by Zephyr. What's your favorite all-time baseball memory? Cooperstown was really fun. That was a lot of fun. Like going there for a solid week. We can't. We went to like the Sweet Sixteen and lost to some team in Seattle. But I mean, honestly, like Cooper. Oh no, it was probably a senior year going to uh, Alabama for Team Cape Cod for the Senior Babe Ruth World Series. That was an experience. That was like two weeks in a, in a host family. I was rooming with one of these upcoming kids coming to UMass Boston for baseball, Andrew Nordman from Sandwich. And uh, that was like, that was a crazy experience. We were down there for 12 days and it was so much fun. I think we played, uh, 
in Colorado, Florida, New York, China, and Alabama. And I mean, like, that was just a crazy experience. Having China come to, like, before all these, like, like traveling issues, it was, it was cool. I mean, that was, like, a, like a really fun, like, solid week and a half. We went there. They did a home run derby, and then there was a day off, and then I, and then and then it was like you play like four games, depending on how you do in four games, you like do playoffs and stuff. So, yeah, Bama was just different. It was just a different vibe down there that I've really never experienced, and there was a there was a lot more to do. So I would definitely have to go with that. That was that was really fun, and we lost in the championship that year to to Bama. But they were they were really good. But other than that, that team and like that connection, that was my first year there. So getting brought into that team and like winning states and regionals and going down there was like it was just a crazy ride. And then having Bama as like the kind of like the the final stage, it was awesome. That place was crazy. Yeah, that sounds like a crazy and incredible experience all at the same time there doing that in, in Alabama. That's awesome. And Dylan, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with everything and good luck to the Rocks here as they enter the playoffs tomorrow. It's going to be so fun these next couple of days. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun doing this. And uh, yeah, hopefully the Rocks are going to stay hot going into playoffs. I'm excited for this upcoming uh, week. Yeah, thanks, Dylan. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. And this has been episode 28 of season three of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.